<laughs> you could be the poker debt collector, just like go around World Series, go around table to, to table, dressed up as Macho Man, collecting debts for everyone. Uh, I mean, I'm down to do it as long as like, I, I mean, as long as it's like funny. So I want to talk a little bit more about, like, it seems like with all this stuff, you're quite a, you know, practical and you're like conservative and you know, make pretty calculated risks and all that. But it seems like when it comes to outing, well, maybe, at, I mean, you're more vocal than most people, I would say, when it comes to speaking out against, um, people doing shady things uh i've been in the media a little bit for causing a bit of a stir yeah a little um, bit and, and not too much uh, these days i actually don't really follow that much of the i mean only like the super public poker drama but uh, i don't really know what's going on behind the scenes well what are your thoughts on this uh, Ma martin cabriol thing lately i didn't see you being that vocal about that one yeah but maybe just I, another I, guy I'm, or... I, I, i'm just unsure like, I, I feel like a lot of people just don't like him. And I understand, like, I, I played poker with him. So, so like, I, I actually played a decent amount of poker with him online. I'm pretty sure he's Gomir on Stars. And yeah, he used yeah, to play, like, he, uh, he, used, he used to play, like, between uh, 2550 and, like, 200, 400, six max. I, I think he used to also play the, the, the full tilt 30 BB cap games, and I feel like he was pretty much the worst player besides like the the, the huge fish in, in the game, um, in, in those games. And then like I played like maybe like two or three sessions with him live, and he he's always been I don't know how to describe it. Like I feel like everyone hates him just because he he's so annoying uh, at, at tables. He he's, he's so weird and he's so annoying. But the the whole cheating thing, I'm I'm not sure if he is i mean like I, I saw some of the clips of him potentially marking the cards but it, it, to me it, it seems like if if it would that was really a concern like if he was actually doing it couldn't the world series just go back analyze the decks to to, to see because like he, he was playing at like a televised table with rfid cards right so like in any of the clips where it, it looks like he was marking the cards they, they, they know what his whole cards was and, and they have the deck so they could easily go back, like analyze those cards, see if there was any markings on those cards different from the the rest of the cards, and then come to like a reasonable conclusion. Um, but I, I guess I mean I don't really know what's happening with that. He, I I don't think he's cheating, but it it it, it seems like a, a lot of people that that played with him in the past do or like the the thing that Robles said was that it's known that he's marking cards and, and stuff like that i mean he, he's he's probably played in like a hundred times more more of those games than i have so the, he may have some knowledge that i don't but yeah i, I just don't really know enough about it to to make a c conclusion either way oh that sounds like a very reasonable opinion from you it definitely sounds like you're not jumping on this fire bandwagon like uh he gives more credibility. Um, yeah. To... Also, also, I, I, I feel like uh, I don't know if this is true, but I, I feel like if if he was more well liked, these accusations wouldn't have happened, right? Because yeah. like if it was yeah. someone that that's like enjoyable to, to to play with, like I I feel like he's also probably not one of the the winning players in those big. 250k fields like uh, i mean i don't know that much about his game but i feel like those fields are pretty tough and he's probably like one of the the weaker players in this field so if, if he just like kept his mouth shut and did whatever he did i feel like a majority of the people would want him to, to play in that tournament just because they feel like they have an edge on him uh yeah i mean he does he's the kind of guy to deliberately deliberately antagonizes people a lot and he like you know if you talk to him he'll defend why he's doing it i don't believe in yeah. this kind of play myself um yeah that's my personal thoughts also i i played with him a couple times played with him with stars he never struck me as someone who cheated i played with him in real life i never got the impression that i was cheating um or was dishonest really 
But he was definitely, like, uh, I actually didn't find him even that annoying, personally, but maybe it was just because I was on oblivious myself, because I tend to be not, like, pay attention to so many details as most people, and, like, certain things don't piss me off at all that piss off other people. Um, yeah. I remember one time me and him got into, like, a staring match where he was, like, staring at me, and that was pissing me off. And I was, like, I decided I was going to stare right back at him, and it was, like, this comical... <laughs> Like a stare off situation. I was like, I was like, you know what? Fuck you! I'll stare right back at you. Uh, that's my like particularly annoying situation story with him. He, uh, yeah, I really do think a lot of that scandal is a lot just fueled by pure hatred. To be honest, I think yeah. it's it's one of these things where people don't really know, and now there's like you know some kind of chance of something going on. I personally yeah. don't think if he was cheating, he would like lean over to look at the cards. And I understand actually there was an investigation that that uh, showed that there was no kind of markings going on. Um, yeah. But I have to double check that to make sure. And um, yeah, it's just one of these things where people just aren't really a hundred percent fair. And then once things catch fire, now there's like this ban, this pitchfork mentality going on. I mean, there's many books yeah. on the subject. This, you know, there's uh, Madness of Crowds, for example. Um, it's it's fueled more by um, more social, other social factors a lot of the time. Um, certain other factors actually can matter that aren't necessarily that obvious, uh, but that can create, how do you say, um, irrational crowds of sorts. But I don't know if they're necessarily at at play here, but like for example, like the need to fit in uh, can be a big one in like creating these sorts of weird mentalities, especially for like a bunch of like misfits. Um, yeah, I was actually reading a book about this, and yeah, I just think uh, just people just really aren't like super rational and like really want to hate and really want to like jump on drama. Um, but they yeah. also, I, I do think a really high number of poker players just don't really speak out when someone's doing something wrong, which um, I alluded to before that I uh, liked about you. And I realized actually that it's important to do these kinds of things because at least in, you know, a smart way, because um, that dissuades people from doing them. And mm -hmm. if people say nothing, it kind of condones the action a lot. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, yeah, if the more, like, bullshit is condoned, like, acts of greed that are just, like, you know, blatant acts of greed, uh, yeah. it, like, creates bad environments for everybody. Yeah, um, sure. What are your... Does anything in particular come to mind that you've spoken of, out about recently? I, I have to think, but you've, like, called out, like, a number of scammers and... Um, was pretty extreme with a couple projects I pitched to you. I I, I got a bit annoyed with, uh, uh, you know, Will Jaffe and Dankness. What about him? I know I know about him briefly. He seemed like a quite a hypocrite to me because he's like, he he on one hand said Justin Bonomo was really boring, but on the other hand he said something like. Oh, like, why the f should I care about the community? In my eyes, I'm like, well, what the f are you talking about? The community, you and the community are connected. Like, your yeah, incentive. I mean, it, it, yeah, um, like, so, so he, he was basically, I mean, he's been playing poker for forever, but he, he's been grinding out the, the same low stakes games. He, he uh, I'm pretty sure he, he, he like, uh, I don't know, hasn't improved in quite some time. Like, it, it isn't, it isn't at, at the top of the field. Or whatever, and now he's he's got like this platform where he's doing like Twitter Spaces, or whatever. He's like a he he's almost like a personality over over a poker player. But it annoyed me that um, he he was like ruthlessly grilling Doug about the the whole Coinflex thing. So Coinflex was an exchange that sponsored Doug, that that um, eventually went insolvent. And then, like, the, the, I think, like, a week later, I saw he was, like, on Poker Go having a chat with Phil Helmuth. And if you look at Phil Helmuth's record, like, he, he, he was, like, the lead investor. He got paid millions of dollars by, by, by Ultimate Bet, who eventually, like, not only did 
that did like um, the owner basically scammed uh, the people playing in games by super using them, but but eventually it went in, insolvent and and like I think for like ten years or so that they they locked uh, players' funds, and then if you look at his history and like basically being paid by companies to to shill their product, he, he was shilling Descent Bet, which was like this crypto startup that went under. It, um, like it recently as last year, he was shilling uh, Bitcoin Latinum. He, he would wear oh, yeah, like yeah. literally a Bitcoin Latinum hat on everywhere he went, which was like the most obvious scam of all time. They, they basically attached the word Latinum to, to Bitcoin. And if you even asked him, he couldn't explain to you like what Bitcoin Latinum is or what it did. And, and even at the point where I, I believe the SEC went after the owner of Bitcoin Latinum and it basically said, that um, he, he was like defrauding investors. He, Phil still wore the hat around, I guess, to like fulfill his contractual obligations to get paid before before eventually, you know, taking it off and, and he stopped wearing it. But like, if it, 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 to me, like the whole thing annoyed me because like, I feel like Doug at the time was a bit easy to pick on with the whole like controversy with like Charlie Carroll and like it's easy to, to pile on the bad guy if other people are piling on you. But like uh, if Phil Hellmuth is someone who's very well known w w within the poker community, like one of the most like famous and popular poker players. And it, it just seems like to me is like he, he would he would Phil could be like killing babies or something and as long as it helped him like expand his platform he wouldn't say a single bad thing about him uh, yeah I don't think that's fair at all and, and you know it feels like Doug is pretty much always I feel like Doug gets like a lot of things right in this one instance it just happened that uh, Phil spoke out at him and it was really easy to like jump on that just because like Phil never says anything yeah, um, but that, that that's ridiculous. That, that that Phil's calling Doug out for for promoting something that 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 eventually went under, right? Like, I mean, th Galfond. I don't know if Helmuth. Oh, oh Galfond. I, I, th I thought you meant Phil Helmuth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no it's Galfond because like Phil Helmuth, you know, um, doesn't exactly have the same reputation as Phil Galfond. Phil Galfond never speaks out. Um, but yeah, I do think that people's like anger is a bit disproportionate. Uh, and I definitely don't think it's right to shill products that are scamming people. This this can't be good. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I do think Phil's like stepped out of bounds a couple of times. Phil Helmuth has stepped out of bounds like a few times. With that. I don't I think, think he would like like, like r r repeatedly. Like I, I feel like I feel like if if, if I offered Phil Helmuth like a couple of million dollars tomorrow to promote something, he he would do like absolutely no due diligence and would just promote it. Whereas someone like Doug would at least, you know, do a, a decent amount of due diligence before. Uh, but like, but it, it's easy to look at results, right? Like to, to, to say that, like, you promoted this, like, the, 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 this project went under. But um, but I, I, I feel like I, I have a good idea of what happens in the background. And, and I feel like someone like Doug is going to do a lot more background research than someone like Phil. Yeah, I do think that's really important. It's like an act of negligence to just promote something that you don't really know is really good or not. Um, actually, I was just thinking about this lately because I decided to get more in the affiliate business myself because it realized, oh, like this is, you know, I'm building my brand. Why don't I do this? And I realized like, well, I can promote like things that I know are good um, that are related to to me, but it's also like just clearly not ethical to, if you promote things that you yourself don't believe in, then that's like pure, purely bad. If you promote things yeah. that you don't know that you believe in, that's still bad, but it's a different kind of bad. It's like, yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you promote stuff that you just don't understand at all, then uh, I think that's especially bad. Yeah, well, that's like extreme negligence, right? This is like, you're not doing the research to make sure you yourself don't get screwed over or you your you know your your followers yeah. or whoever they are uh don't get screwed over so they should follow you less if uh yeah, yeah. you do these kinds of things and, um, and i feel like that, that, that that's definitely what phil does and i i also feel like someone like dankness who is like an, an up-and-coming like personality in the space will never say a single bad thing about phil for that reason 
Wait, why won't he say something bad about Phil specifically? Because he, he's like uh, I feel like Phil. I'm, ta I'm talking about Phil Helmuth. He, he he's yeah. he's such such a big name in the space, and in in order to, I feel like in order to like I feel like that now that there's that that poker is such a public thing that that there's it's almost two communities. It's it's the community of people that play poker professionally that play the game itself in order to, to make money. And then mm -hmm. there's people that do other things. They, they, they may play poker, but they, they, they attempt to do other things. Like for example, they, they vlog, they, they, they may do a podcast. They, they may run Twitter spaces. They, they, they may like attempt to market themselves as you know, like a, per, a poker personality in order to, to gain a following. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I, I, I feel like in, in order to maintain or advance your spot in, in that area, you can't really just piss everyone off. Like with, with the exception of Doug, um, with the exception of Doug, who, 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 who I feel like maybe pissed like a bunch of people off, but uh, I feel like Doug made it to his spot because he's like talented and he's good at what, what he does, not because he's, he's, you know, like kissing everyone's ass. Whereas if, if you are, you know, like a, a low stakes grinder, you have like a small following and you want to build up that following. You, you can't really be just going out shitting on everyone. I, I agree. I mean, it's a really shitty way to uh, build a following. I mean, that's, um, there's a related thought I had to that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. Doug's got a million things going for him. He's absolutely super talented. He's like one of the best players. Uh, he's one of the, mm -hmm. perhaps the best heads up player at his time. He did so many things right. He knows how to yeah. market himself. He's you know he's fun. You, wa you watch him. He's, he's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. it's just so many fucking things right. And he had like that one particular blemish of sorts, uh -huh. and like yeah, it, like pissed a lot of people. Well, which, off. which in reality, I, I mean, I, I know quite a bit about it, but in reality, it, it it wasn't like it wasn't his fault at all. Like I I I, I spoke to him about Coinflex. I've I've known the Coinflex owners uh, for, for years. That they all. That that the, the they all like are, were legitimate people. I I under, also understand what happened to the platform. The, like the, the owners that de de definitely made mistakes, but it wasn't like pure negligence. Like it, it, it wasn't like they they created the business in order to to scam their users. Um, well, those are two different things. They, you know, like negligence and scamming are two different things. Like negligence is being an idiot. Scamming yeah. is like you're doing something malicious. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I was looking for. Malicious, like I, I feel like the owners there weren't weren't malicious from day one, but it, they basically did not understand risk management, and they they sort of screwed up. And, it, and it's not like they were stealing the user funds or like like that the whole thing is zero sum. If if you invested in whatever on their exchange, they kept the money. They they actually lost their business and lost money as well. Yeah. I mean, it sounds legit to me. Um, I personally, I mean, I personally think, I mean, I'll say uh, that people should be a bit more outspoken about debts being owed because mm -hmm. there's this like current thing going on in poker where, you know, if you owe money to somebody, if we're really looking at it from, you know, like a very, for at least a relatively long term, uh, situation. If you owe someone like a lot of money, there's like not a whole lot of reason to pay them back besides like these like virtuous qualities, like being honorable and caring about yeah. your reputation and things like that. And no one ever seems to like the, the attitude towards cheating and the attitude towards paying people is like very different for some reason. It's like there's all these people owing money in the poker world and no one says shit. And yeah. it's basically cheating. I I mean, and like, how is it not cheating? And it's just tolerated forever because everyone wants to like get paid or something like that. And uh, yeah. I personally want, uh, I think there should just be like a collective pressure against these sorts of behaviors. Obviously I'm like biased perhaps because mm -hmm. I felt dealt with this a lot. And I'm like sitting here thinking, what the f should I do? Yeah, and sure. you've dealt with it a lot yourself? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, like, my... right now I'm probably owed like, like over eight figures. 
Well, I got like kind of a funny idea. Um, I don't know if it will work or not. Uh, but um, well, a, a real idea and a funny idea. The first idea is, well, wait a second. I myself, when I when I go and collect, try to collect my money, it doesn't really have that much effect because obviously I want my money. But if like my friend says something to them as well, and like multiple people are like, "Yo, dude, why aren't you paying?" And you're being a piece of shit. Now this is a lot more pressure on this person. So yeah. I thought, well, what if what if I like said something to people who owed you know my friends money or to other people money because these people are basically stealing from all of us if you think about it. Yeah. On top of that, uh, I had this crazy idea of what if uh what if I sent like Macho Man after them and what <laughs> and just him as Macho Man was like. <laughs> Well, you could be the poker debt collector, just like go around World Series, go around from table to, to table, dressed up as Macho Man, collecting debts for everyone. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm down to do it as long as like, I, I mean, as long as it's like funny, then it's uh, I, uh, and and won't there's no you know negative risks. I'm not really worried about them attacking because the same people yeah. are not you know not likely to attack the crazy guys. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I, I feel like the big problem with this is that if if you're owed money from someone, like I, I, I feel like a lot of people feel that if you just keep quiet about it, like the, the other person is more likely to pay you back. But if, but if you, you make like a big deal about it, if you put it out publicly to shame them, you tell all your friends and, and they start harassing him, that they're more likely to like disappear and, you know, like, not to be heard from again whereas if like a lot of the poker debt um i i feel it's it's it, it, it's mainly people that are either like losing money in poker or, or running bad and don't actually have the the funds at the moment to pay so like the, their only real way out of it is to grind out of it but then like it it becomes kind of a hostile environment for them if you know everyone in the community knows that that they're, they're a scammer or that they they owe this amount of money um so yeah it, it's I, I don't have a good solution for it but it's it's definitely an issue yeah uh that is a very good point a lot of these people can't pay um and that is that is probably the biggest issue but on the other hand i mean there must be some kind of pressure applied not necessarily like there has to be two things there has to be protection for one thing like people have to be informed to like yeah. a degree. I mean, a lot of times, to be honest, like people, especially if they're viewed as a losing player, people don't have any issue with the playing if they owe money. Like people don't give a f about that. So I don't think that's necessarily such a huge issue. If they're pressured all the time, that can be bad, but they still need to be pressured in some kind of way where it's like clearly, you know, communicated. They can't just like not pay because a lot of these guys do get money sometimes and then they don't pay. Like I've seen it many times. Yeah. You know, they, they it's it's silently communicated to them that they can get away with not paying and this just isn't good. Um yeah. it can it should be something like I mean, I, there's some natural enforcement in that oftentimes when these people do have money, people yeah. do hit them up, but I mean, from my perspective, people are just way too way too whatever that they're uh... the, uh, the the other issue um i feel just being a bit outside of poker for for like the past like five years or so is that m money and deals and whatever are just so like easily transferred and agreed upon uh, whereas if you look at like the business world or you know like the real world if if you do like some transactions you you generally have like written proof of what the transaction is for like you have some like legal agreements in place or whereas in poker it's just you know like you get a phone call you get a text you tell them like i have x percent in this tournament or i'm staking you or i i need this amount of money or whatever and just like agreed upon based on that so I, I feel like I feel like poker players are a, a bit too lax with the, the way they they handle financials, especially with with people that like are are in the community, but not necessarily people that they're close with. Like I mean, I, I have friends that are very very close with that I've known for like ten plus years that it, like 
we translate act like this all the time. But if even if someone that, that I, I I know through poker but don't know really well, but they, they they have a good reputation in poker, I wouldn't be nearly as trusting of them regardless of their reputation, just because like I, I feel like it's it's not the correct way to handle things. Yeah, I've uh, noticed that also. Learned that the hard way too. I've thought, you know, I thought, uh, well, people do all kinds of things, and yeah, I mean, the security precautions in poker are not nearly as uh, strict as they should be. I like lean more and more to the side of like, okay, I'm not gonna like do things with other people as I kept getting screwed in like weird ways. I started getting like really paranoid. I even like. Sometimes it just happens in like the strangest ways, um, and I mean, absolutely, that's true. I do think that there's a unique thing going on in poker where, uh, overall, if you look at like the really big picture, there's mostly not a whole lot of like. Most auctions are actions are really have seemed really um, honest in comparison to at least my experience in the real world. It just seemed like these businesses would like do all kinds of things to screw you over, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. It just seemed like the real world was just rampant with some all kinds of bullshit. If the, like businesses could get away with it, I mean, look at like the big companies like Amazon and all these other companies. They essentially like squeeze out competition. You know, if like they basically try to build monopolies, which is not very ethical to like the smaller businesses and like just do whatever they can to like cut their throats. Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be the same in crypto? I mean, crypto is filled with scams actually. Yeah. Um, well, in terms of monopolies or in terms of scams? Well, I mean the building, the monopolies is like an unethical thing um, for small businesses and for stifling creativity for the sake of, um, it basically stifles virtue for the sake of like making some kind of like short-term, relatively short-term profit. Um, and like fucks up a lot of people's lives. Uh, so yeah. there's that. Uh, I mean, there's, I imagine, you know, people would definitely form monopolies in crypto if they could. And they certainly do things like coordinate attacks that they shouldn't. Like, uh, for example, in, um, what was it, Luna? Uh, I mean, if we're really honest, Luna probably, you know, f***ed up themselves, but there was like... Like, I feel like Luna's a bad example because, like, I'm pretty confident that, that the whole entire premise of Luna didn't make sense at all, and it was eventually going to collapse no, no matter what happened. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that, yeah, they're... Well, I didn't know it was, like, going to collapse, period. I just thought, like... I was just thinking, like, the coordinated attack against it is, like... You know, an example of this like unregulated like stuff that just goes on in like the business world, um, or just I, in I other feel worlds. Like, I feel like the bigger problem in crypto, like in terms of scams, is that there are just like so many projects that are either copy pasting something and then attempting to, to sell it as their own, or like a lot of the the stuff anytime anytime there's a bull run in crypto like if, if if all crypto assets are going up it just means that people have more spending money and like like i used to have let's say a hundred thousand dollars in crypto and now i have like five hundred thousand dollars what am i going to do with this five hundred thousand dollars well like the ra rational logical thing would be to to cash them out because like your your crypto 500 percent upped in the in the past like year and a half but like the greedy thing is, is like, well, let's try to parlay this into to more money. So we're going to invest in like a bunch of projects. So then w w once like the bull cycles start, th there's always like these projects that like basically have no product, ha have no, have no real technology, but have a, like a good marketing team. Like they can they can build a community, and then they, they just like raise funds with absolutely no intention of producing anything of of value. And I I feel like that's a huge problem, just because like your your average crypto investor is, um, how would I describe them? Like kind of an idiot. Like a, a lot of them got very lucky in in what what, what they invested in and the, the, they they attributed to to skill it's, it's it's like think about it this way if if um if i've never played poker if i, if I used to 
play like you know like a small home game and then like one year like i won the main event like uh, I'm, I'm jamie gold or something then i think i'm on top of the world and i start firing and like you know like 501k cash games i start playing like the 100k high rollers like you're just thinking about my luck will continue i i feel like it's it's the same thing in crypto when a lot of people like make a decent decent amount of money and then they think they have like a massive edge in the market and then like uh, attempt to parlay that into like even more money and basically in a bull run when when all assets are going up everyone's making money like it's impossible not to make money um the the, the same right. in like a bear market like it, 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 like the people that are traders or like investors they, they may claim that they're they're winning in a bear market but like for 99 percent of like even them it's it's not the case like a majority of like the best funds in the world are are down like over 50 percent like since the peak um a lot of them are down like 70 80 percent so it, it it like everything everything works in cycles so then anytime there's like a bull run that there's always these like super super scammy projects that are raising funds and they get funds because like people have have funds to spare in order to invest in things so i feel like that's one of the biggest problems in crypto is that because it's like mostly unregulated and because the the fundraising aspect of everything is so easy like instead of having to, to go through like due diligence to, to register your company to, to like register like a seed round or a series a like like you do in like uh, traditional investing you, you basically just like post the wallet address and ask for money and then like uh, uh, you can you can print as many tokens as you want for your project, give them out, and have no no liability to them. Meaning, like you don't you don't ever need to provide value to the, the token that you just printed. So. Um, well, yeah, that does seem like it seems like something that just has to crash at some point. I mean, that's been like the running. Uh, yeah, for sure. Running, I, I mean, like, I, I, feel, I feel like, like it has. How like, can it not? Yeah. Is of everything's built on hot. It's essentially like a house of cards. And by the way, um, I don't know how relevant this is to you, but my own personal philosophy that I realized, uh, and I mean it's relevant to crypto and everything, is that a variation of this on like a super grand scale is essentially if like anyone does something like the wrong thing um, or like cheats for money or something like that, they're essentially going on like a bull run, like what you're talking about. They're using a shitty strategy that has worked and you think it's going to keep working is like, Oh, it's worked, et cetera, et cetera. And they cheat for money, et cetera. But at some point, I mean, if it, like extended out to extremely long time, I don't know how long, but if like, whatever, like at some point that strategy would have to like f itself over. Yeah. Um, for sure. but I mean, that's if like people live forever. Um, but it also doesn't work on like a grand scale of things because it undermines the entire system. Mm hmm. But basically, basically all kinds of unethical strategies that people use to get ahead in life are all farces. They're like, you know, to kind of lie to get someone in bed as well, or to misconstrue yourself or to all these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, that's my, the philosophy that I kind of realized in my head, like just this theme seemed to exist in every kind of business or very much always in some kind of business. If businesses start screwing people over in some kind of ways, you can even see now uh, duality playing out a bit with the uh, tech companies because of like um, their unethical ways of dealing with the data of people, like a decent yeah. amount of them actually lost money. I, that really surprised me because that was such a deep thing and a subtle thing that uh, it's just like, how the fuck is like the market's gonna like respond to this? Um, yeah. But I was watching something recently but it just seems it seemed as though to me like you can't really cheat in life basically it's certainly not for money um and uh yeah that's uh my own personal observations with that i mean like it really comes down to like giving value in some kind of way yeah uh, i i'd agree all right well cool you agree because uh it doesn't seem like a lot of people are on board with that idea um, well, what else are you into these days? Are you following? There must be some big crypto scams that you've like been in, well talked about, like uh, or have been vocal about, or something along these lines. Or no? 
Um, I, I mean, not that much recently. Um, I, I'd say like last year and the year before. Um, I was I was pretty vocal about Luna being not necessarily a scam, but fundamentally, the, the like incorrect. It basically, uh, with, without getting into too technical uh, too technical of an explanation, um, you, you can't really have like a monetary policy on the chain where the, the the price of the token is also tied to network security because like. The, the, the way they designed Luna that sense. And, 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 and the way they did design UST, UST had to remain a dollar, it was a stable coin, but UST was, was backed by Luna and like the Luna tokens essentially secure the Luna network. So if, if Luna itself crashes, you have issues with not only the stable coin holding peg, but the security of the entire network. Because the, the 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 way that these uh, layer ones work is you can bridge assets back and forth. So not only you have UST, which is which is valued at like a dollar, but you also have like stuff like Ethereum and Bitcoin on the Luna network. And Ethereum and, and Bitcoin's value is isn't tied to Luna. But if if the the coin Luna that is securing the entire network suddenly crashes to almost nothing, then it becomes extremely inexpensive for someone to attack the network in order to to basically steal all the assets that are on on the network um well which obviously was a huge problem at the time and i i feel like uh, uh, even the people that developed luna they're actually like pretty smart people they, they had to be aware of it but i feel like their logic was well, luna at the point was was too big to fail so we're going to ignore all these security concerns which were which were obviously there. Um, I guess the other ones were like the, the three arrows capital and uh, FTX. The whole FTX yeah. thing shocked me quite a bit. I mean, like I, I lost quite a bit of money in FTX. I, I, have, I have like really good friends of mine that worked at FTX and, and worked at Almeida Research. And they're all like very good people and they all lost like substantial amounts of their net worth um in 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 the situation like i want to say like some of them lost 80 90 percent of their net worth because that they had funds tied up um in ftx and like going back to, to the to the whole doug thing of people shitting on him for coinflex like i i one of one of my best friends um he was like it's like a vip manager at uh FTX and he, he was the one that like onboarded me like anytime I had an issue I, I would hit him up at, at no point did I like call him out and blame him for, for promoting FTX when FTX was nor did I say FTX was obviously a scam uh, just because like I don't know like there's there's I feel like there's a huge difference between like going into a, a scam knowing full well that it's a scam and then not being privy to all the information of what's actually going on behind closed doors within a certain organization that that leads to its downfall. So yeah, that, that uh, the, the FTX thing caught me a, a, a bit off guard, but I, I've, I've learned quite a bit from that experience. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, I agree there's a massive difference between the two things and this is kind of how things work out in a, in reality, there's actually there's in my in my view, poker metaphors actually work super well for mapping the poker metaphor mapping that uh, works super well for mapping um, for explaining, I should say, the way morality works out in like the grand scheme of things, like the the actual equity of morality, I guess you could say. Um, mm -hmm. In that, like, yeah, if you go into it like knowing it's a scam, that will probably hopefully eventually blow up in your face um i it surprised me a lot too just because the uh C, the founder the ceo whatever his, his name was um sam sam, sam Fried. Fried. yeah SBF, yeah he actually um i approached him with a a friend of mine and we you know it was understood that he was trying to make this like mass he was focused on like the mass positive uh you know, scalable yeah. change. Yeah, which is you, not, oh. you actually you actually messaged me about it like a few oh. years ago. I remember, and then I I, I uh, introduced you to uh, one of my friends Zane, who was working there. Um, I don't know if you remember that, 
but like it, it, it's yeah, actually I a do. funny story it's, it's actually a really funny story um so like i i met sam in 2016 uh, the, the the way I met him was um, B- Bjorn Lee, a- Asian Flushy's roommate at the time in Hong Kong, um, was working for Sam. This is before that they they launched FTX. He 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 was working for Sam, and like I I was in the city and there was like a crypto conference there, and and Sam and I, I think his name is Darren, maybe Bjorn's roommate, uh, mm-hmm. were in the city and, and Bjorn messaged me and was like, hey. Um, like I, I know you're into crypto. My my, my my roommate is working for a crypto. State. He was working for Almeida Research at the time. This is before FTX, but he uh, he said my my roommate is working for like a, a crypto company. He, he wants to have a chat. So then like I was like yeah sure. So I, I, went, I went to the crypto conference and I t- I talked with Darren and Sam like in the this is before like anyone even knew who Sam was. Like he was just like walking around and no one was even talking to him. But I, I had like a, a pretty long talk with him about what, what they were doing. And yeah, like the, fundamentally speaking, they, they had like fantastic ideas as to how to make the, the crypto space better. Um, if you ask anyone that, that used FTX, the, the, the FTX, the, the reason why FTX took off so quickly was because the, the, the they understood how to build an exchange, like the, the user experience on the exchange was substantially better than like almost every other competing exchange at the time. Um, very powerful. And, yeah, and like they, they, they seemed like very legitimate and, and good at what they were doing. Um, all right then, I guess. Yeah, a bit of a surprise. I, I just, it just sounded like this guy really meant to do well, even if like, whatever. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him you, you myself. Know, you know, I, I've had a theory about this. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was thinking about this. So, you, you, you know how his, his main proponent, he was like one of the biggest proponents of effective altruism, right? He was like sort of uh, known in the like effective altruism movement. Like the, there's videos of him talking about how, how he wants to make like, like $100 billion one day so he can just give it all away, right? Yeah, like, I, I, I was I was thinking I mean, maybe he's crazy enough that he was purposely stealing from for from like people on his exchange in order to give it all 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 away to charity, because like in his mind, he might have thought he might have thought these degenerates oh. that are trading on my exchange, that they don't deserve to have this money, that this money would be better used outside of their hands. And I'm uh, just going to take it from them and like give it away or something. That uh, I could see how some people would think that, but that's a trap because if you look at the long term, I mean, in my eyes, if you look at the long term consequences of such a of such a um, a thought process, first of all, it undermines the complete system. You, you, like it, it doesn't make any sense to do something unethical for the sake of doing something ethical. Um, it, you know, do something that's obviously wrong not necessarily doing something that's like extreme but doing something wrong for the sake of doing something for the for the sake of doing something good it just can't work this way in my eyes uh yeah because like i'm not saying i'm not saying he's like it, it's a logical thing or it's like a reasonable thing to do but it's i feel like it's like still in my mind it's like a possibility that, that, that that's what his thought process was and um, by the way, I mean, on this this idea of like raising a shitload of money, because this is a very common theme. I mean, I've got some thoughts on this myself. It's a very common theme that people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a shitload of money and just give it away. Um, it sounds like a great idea, and probably that does quite a bit of good to do something like that. But, um, you know, like if you if like the faucets themselves are essentially leaky in some kind of way, like if you give away a billion dollars and you like, help cure people of some kind of disease, but the people go on to do things to procure that disease more, you haven't solved the problem, as an example. Um, like, people have this idea, like, oh, yeah, money's going to solve these problems. No, that doesn't f-ing work. Because, I mean, in my opinion, solving problems lies within. Like, you have to solve the problem within. Like, or if you don't, like, it's kind of like if you're a bad poker player... And you get a lot of money, like you're not gonna like suddenly become a good poker player. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same thing when making effective altruism. Like, 
even if you you cure these like these big leaks of people like uh you know like and they're still doing stupid shit they're gonna still do stupid shit you, you just wasted a lot of money do you see what i'm saying yeah yeah um you I need mean, like ex- I, I don't i don't i don't really know like uh i i don't really know exactly the the, the semantics of effective altruism. I, I, I only understand the general premise, which is they're basically using money like in the most cost-effective way to, to do good in the world. Uh, I feel like that that's like my limited understanding of the whole movement. Right, right. Well, I, I'm just saying like you have to measure like what's really doing good because like is curing a disease really doing good? Because in my eyes, if you, you know, you change someone who's like doing a bunch of bad stuff, and not make them do a bunch of good stuff, like make a like mm-hmm. contribute to community or whatever. That's doing a lot better than you know saving someone from a disease, because this person will go on and continue to do more and more. Um, as an example, so that's like uh, that's my own. Uh, pitch. I, I feel like I feel like this is way over my head. Like I, I wish I understood this. <laughs> okay, well, if if that's not your your uh, your focus criteria, I mean, like one one example is just like. If someone's going to go on and like make make bad investments, you want to correct the bad behavior that makes them make make bad investments. You don't want to give them more money, right? You want to like, yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. same thing. It's it's the same yeah. it's the same fucking thing except the concept of money can be it doesn't have to be money. It can be anything. It can be it like you know if someone's like a bad partner in relationships, you don't give them more relationships. You don't. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, um, whatever currency or whatever you want to like look at it, um, or like abstract thing. But yeah, those are my own thoughts on that. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before you like wrap this up? Like, what else is on your mind, Mo? What's the future of Jason Mo? Are you coming back into poker or what? Um, I actually wanted to try playing more. Um, I, I messaged Rob Young about if I could play as a VIP in the the, the Triton games. Um, like the the big high rollers, I, I I would love to play some of those, but I I, I don't really want to. I feel like I'm losing too badly, in the like if if I play like a hundred k, that's just like an open event that anyone can join. I feel like I'm I'm losing too much to to justify playing those, but 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 if I can get into like the you know like like in in London they're running like. Uh, um, I don't know what what they call them, but it, it's like the, the, there's like pros and there's VIPs and like a VIP can in, in, invite a pro. I mean, I, I legitimately have not played like a live poker tournament in like six or seven years, so I I, I feel like I'm I'm pretty VIP status these days. So if I if I eventually get an invite to to some of these, uh, I might donk around, and donate some money to you guys. Um, but okay. other than that, like I, I really have no interest in playing the, the, the world. Like for example, like the World Series, it just seems like terrible. Like I've seen pictures of, of the hallways, and there's like so many people there. And so <laughs> it feels like it, it's such a grind. But it um, is kind of a grind. Um, yeah, but but if if there's like uh, I I still play like I, I've been playing like a little bit. So so I I have some like good friends who I used to coach heads up. That they're now like way better than me. Um, but like occasionally, I'll, I'll give them some action, uh, just just for fun to to play against them. Like, oh, we're not playing that big. We're playing like 10, 20, 25, 50 stuff like that. Um, but uh, other than that, like I oh, and then there's like this crypto home game I play in once in a while. Like a bunch of my friends uh, in in Hong Kong, they they run a game, um, and sometimes they play online. They play on this site called like Blockchain Poker. It was a Bitcoin Cash site. Um, and then w- whenever they have like a home game and they want me to play, I'll, I'll play with them. But uh, other than that, that's that's about the limit of my my poker these days. Um, well, you could totally play. I I think you could play on these stream games. Like that would be something I think you may do well in. Actually, like the Hustler stream, for example. Yeah, uh, but I I also I also don't really want to go to LA. Like um, I, I'm I'm living in. Asia these days, and I really enjoyed here. Um, they, they, they like if they played in somewhere like Hong Kong or like Macau, I'd play there. Like the the, the Vietnam Triton, that that uh, the, I forgot the name of the resort, but for my understanding, like 
Winfred is a, a part owner of the hotel, and he, he's going to attempt to run games there and like uh, try to build like uh, a regular game, and then try to get Triton back there. So like, anytime they go back there, like the the whole Da Nang area in in Vietnam is really nice. It's like a nice beach area. Like I, I enjoy going there, so like I, I wouldn't mind playing there. But yeah, I don't really want to like be in LA just to play the the hustler stream. I've heard of some games. There, there maybe is a game in Singapore and yeah, that kind of stuff. The, the, like they, they were playing nice. like I, I was. I played a, a bit in like the the Philippines uh, for a while. They, they were playing some pretty. Big, I've only played a few times, but uh, I, I I've had friends that played like the short deck game there, and they, they said it was good. Um, yeah, like uh, I, I I'm also like terrible at short deck. Like I've I've, I've well, put in go. like one one hundredth of the work in short deck as I did in, <laughs> in, in, in No Limits. So, uh, but it, it is a fun game for sure. Like I, I, I enjoyed playing short deck and I, I think I'm up lifetime. Um, but I, I went and played like pretty high stakes short deck with like barely knowing like basic strategy of short deck. So you could totally get into these short deck games. You're basically a businessman. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the one that. that they're bum hunting in these games though. Like if I show up, I'm like bottom two players in the you know at the table. Oh. well, that's <laughs> that's a lot of leverage if you're trying to play. Uh, there's also yeah. I think there was a game in a uh, Dusk Till Dawn. I mean, I know of some games like that. I might be able to. I'm like much better at knowing about these things than actually getting them to myself. It's my problem. Yeah. Is I can't get in. Everyone's terrified. No, I mean, like I, I honestly don't care that much if if. If uh, like if I never get invited to Trident, it's it's not a big deal. It's all good. You can try. I'll, I'll I'll keep my money and and do something else with it. Okay, well um, maybe I can help you. We'll see. Maybe someone out there on the podcast will give you a message. Hey, Jason, about coming to the short game or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, it's uh, been great having you on. And thank you for your uh, knowledge and insights in the crypto world. Um, I think. Uh, think you've said a lot of things that make a lot of sense to me i mean i don't have that much knowledge but mm-hmm. they make a lot of sense when you when i think about them um when i'm thinking about what you're saying uh i know you're like one of the most respected poker players in the entire space i should have just said that at the beginning uh, i don't know I if i'm you. that well respected but okay <laughs> that's what they say on the streets man yeah. they say uh like jason mo man he's he's probably like the most successful guy in crypto or at least that's what they were saying i don't know um, no, I imagine I don't know you've if that's done three there, but uh... well, the most successful poker player transition to crypto is what I what I mean. Uh, I I would I would take uh, my buddy Brian Pellegrino over me for sure, but uh, I was just uh, thinking I him. Like... He might be the exception. Yeah, he, he's he's uh, his 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 company raised at a three billion dollar valuation last round so um, i feel like he's doing a little bit better than i am <laughs> well that's crazy i had no idea i mean that's like some serious shit yeah but he, okay. he's doing good stuff um he he's ceo of layer zero they're it's it's fantastic technology they're they're going to be part of building the basically the future of crypto in all ways so um, i'm excited oh. and happy for him he's a good friend of mine Oh, that's crazy. Well, good for him. All right. Yeah, I mean, congrats, Brian Kellegrino. Congrats on your success. Um, And, yeah, thank you for your time. Anything else you want to say? No, that's it. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, uh, anytime you want me on to talk about anything, I'm here for you, Jungle. You know I love you, man. All right. Well, thank you. I love you, too.